to Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to calculate the odds of rolling exactly what you need on a bunch of dice. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about luck in board games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Steam Up, A Feast of Dim Sum, and Cubitos. Then, we talk about our thoughts on how luck factors in to different types of games and how we feel about it. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal, plus special guest, patron of the show, and my friend who visited me here in Vegas recently, Pam. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is that Tabletop Live Network is coming at you right at the end of the month, as always, and I will be streaming solo this time around. Our shift for this TLN specifically is at 2 p.m. Pacific time on October 30th, so we're the second stream of the 24-hour marathon, and I'm going to be playing Mansions of Madness, which I'm really excited about. I haven't actually played it solo ever. I've played it with friends a whole bunch of times, but I'm going to be playing it solo and seeing how that goes. So make sure to tune in to that and the rest of the TLN Marathon. If you want to get more information, you can go to tabletoplivenetwork.com. Currently on Kickstarter, there's a game called Steam Up, A Feast of Dim Sum, designed by Pauline Kong, Heyman Lee, and Marie Wong, and published by Hot Banana Games. And I actually got to play it a couple months ago because there was a pre-production copy being sent around by the publisher, and so I got to play it. So Steam Up, A Feast of Dim Sum is a game about dim sum, which is brunch food in uh, Chinese, Cantonese culture, like little tea cakes and stuff. Um, you, you usually go to a restaurant and get carts of different steamed items. <laughs> Not everything is steamed, but a lot of it is steamed and they come in these little uh, circular steam steamers and you, they put it on your table, you rotate around and get a lot of food and it's very yummy. <laughs> so, But this game is about that. It's kind of like a collection, I guess a set collection game. You're trying to get the most points by collecting different dim sum dishes. And the game has like really nice production quality. If you've seen pictures of it online, which you probably have because I've seen pictures like everywhere, um, it they, they, they looks like little dim sum dishes. It with, really um, does. I've seen yeah. pictures too and it's <laughs> impressive. I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so cute and yeah. like accurate as much as it can be for a board game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like the del- it's the deluxe edition that it's more simulating, whereas the regular edition will have like cardboard pieces for the dim sum pieces. But yeah, so in, in the game Steam Up, each player, you get a different animal of the Chinese Zodiac that gets different points for the dishes. So for example, I was the dragon. I get one point for my first dish of each type and then two for the next ones. And then like other people get like two points for certain dishes and like only one for others or something so they want to get depending on what what animal you are you might be trying for different food types and they also have different powers that give you bonuses and then in order to get the dim sum you collect tokens of the different types so there's i think four or five different types of dim sum so on your turn you can like you get two different actions you can either get a token buy a steamer or draw a card or play a card so you collect tokens, you spend the ones that match the ones in the steamer in order to buy the steamer. And unlike an actual dim sum where each steamer has like all of the same dish because you're ordering that dish um, in, in this game, they're all different. It's like randomly placed. So so that's like not super thematic, but but it would be kind of a boring game if, if every steamer just had the same 
same item. Yeah, you got to mix it up a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. For the... yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting trying to uh, plan to get the tokens to get certain steamers and you can like rotate it. So you can only get the steamers that are in front of you. And at the end of the game, the tokens are worth negative points. So you want to spend the steamer, the tokens on the steamers efficiently. You don't want to have like a bunch of tokens that you didn't spend. So that was interesting planning to get the right steamers. But it felt a little take that when I played because someone else could block you from the steamer. And there's a lot of cards that can do different things. So there's a deck of cards that are, I think they're called fate cards. And you can draw those cards and then play them. But they all do different things. And some of them are more mean <laughs> but in the game actually the ones that are mean have a symbol on it so you can take those out for a nicer game that's neat that they do that because i know a lot of people including me don't really like take that in games so you can do that for a less take that game but i played with all of the cards in the game i liked the planning to get the steamers but uh overall steam up wasn't my type of game because there was a lot of card draw and that was like a big part of the game and i tend not to like when games are based a lot on like the luck of the cards, what am I going to later? Ha, tie into the theme of the episode. Yes. Um, but I did like the theme, although the, the gameplay, because like the, the dim sum themselves, the steamers themselves all had different types of dim sum in them. That part didn't feel super thematic in the gameplay, but the rule book had cool theme facts in it. Like when I was learning the rules, it's talking about, the history of dim sum and, and different th- things about dim sum so i thought that was really neat and then like just the look of it feels really thematic too although the gameplay itself wasn't as thematic to me but like everything else about it uh i liked the theme well so, and it feels like this definitely could be one of those games that like if somebody's mm-hmm. never eaten dim sum before they could play this and be like oh wait now i want to go try dim sum yeah. 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 So for someone who's, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to teach people about dim sum if they haven't played it before. And the rule book really helps with that too. So yeah, I I really, really appreciated that. Yeah. So Steam Up is currently on Kickstarter. So if you like games that are like lighter weight, collecting different dishes (laughs) or or tokens, I guess, Um, and don't mind like card draw in that, in, in that type of game, then and you're interested in a dim sum theme, which is food. I mean, who isn't, food right? Is that, that, that's everybody. I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So We all like up. food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Steam Up A Feast of Dim Sum is currently on Kickstarter. Awesome. Well, Pam and I, on our fun little game day, mm-hmm. uh, while we were hanging out together when she was here in Vegas, we got to play a few different games, including one that I recently got a review copy of from AEG, and that is Cubitos. So I had spotted this one beginning of 2020 before it was published. The designer, John D. Clare, was at Dice Tower West and had a prototype of this game. And I really wanted to try it. I had seen it. I wanted to play it. Didn't get a chance to. So I've finally gotten to play Cubitos, which is a dice rolling race game with a push your luck element where everybody is little cube shaped creatures who are racing around a track and trying to be the first one to the finish line and throughout the course of the game you are buying new dice with special powers that will go off theoretically when you roll them depending on what side they land on and trying to move your little uh, square-shaped cube guy around the map in the most optimal way because there are special spaces on the map that will give you benefits 
habits, but they might not be on the fastest path. So there's a little bit of balancing. It's not just pure zoom to the finish as fast as you can, um, but you can play it that way. So Pam, what were what did you think about Cubitos when we got a chance to play it? It was actually my second play. I had played it uh, at the Dice Tower Retreat. Oh, nice. And I would say I did equally well both times by coming in dead last. <laughs> But that doesn't mean it wasn't fun. It was super fun. I tend to get distracted by the side quests. Yeah, um, right? So there I'm is a like, lot going on. <clears throat> there is. I'm like trying to up my fame tracker. Mm-hmm. So you have to land on these little flags to get that. And then you land on something else to get money. And you land on something else to get dice or get rid of dice. And so I'm, I'm just like trying to up my character. Meanwhile, <laughs> the other people in the game are like across the finish line. I'm like, wait. I'm just getting started. But yeah, it is it is so cute and it is very fun. Like if you want a racing game that is charming, this is the one. Absolutely. It's definitely got that silly vibe to it. Like and I like the fact that you can kind of either play it straight or not, depending on how, you know, the group is in the mood. And what's really neat is there are a whole bunch of different colors of dice. And uh, the special powers that I mentioned earlier are variable for each type of dice. So I think there's five or six different cards that go with each color of dice. And depending on which card you pick for that color during the course of the game, you pick right at the beginning of the game and then that gets used for the whole game. I should be clear. But the powers are different on each of those cards. And so theoretically, one game of Cubitos could be very different from the next if you have an entirely different set of special powers that go off when you roll the dice. Um, and the push your luck element that I mentioned earlier makes this really interesting because when you roll your dice, any dice that you get a symbol uh, rolled on move to your hit area they are going to go off at the end of your turn. And dice that are blank, you can reroll as many times as you want, unless if you have three or more hit dice, meaning they got a symbol on them, and you roll all blanks on the rest of your dice, you bust. And so then you won't get to do all the cool stuff that you rolled on your dice. And as you're acquiring more dice throughout the course of the game, obviously the risks of rolling all blanks can either go up or down depending on which dice you've picked. Like there are special dice that only have a hit on one of their six sides. There are other dice that have hits on three sides. And so depending on what dice you've chosen to acquire and which ones you choose to roll, because you also only get to roll a limited amount of dice each turn, the amount of risk that you're taking when you choose to re-roll is different, not just for every player, but for every turn of the game, basically. And that made it really interesting and fun. And I will admit, Pam, I felt really bad because you had the worst <laughs> luck. You would roll blanks when you definitely, like, when, like, the odds were not to roll yeah. all blanks. Yeah, for sure. But it does have, uh, which I relied on heavily, a mechanic where when you bust, meaning you, you roll blanks and you basically don't really get a turn that time, um, you go up on the fame track. So it's like... Uh, People are rooting for the underdog, and I was definitely the leader of the underdogs. <laughs> yes, and then that fame track, along with some other, um, depending on how far back you are from the person that's in the lead, similar to Quacks of Quedlinburg with the rat tails, you actually get to roll more dice on subsequent turns based on how far back you are. Although, of course, Pam, you were rolling, like, I think, like, four more dice than I was, and you were still rolling I was, Yeah, I was still busting, <laughs> yes. Which... 
that will fit into our thematic discussion that we're having here in a little while. But I obviously I have not explored all of the different variations of special powers of dice in this game, but I'm very excited to play it more. And the component quality is super great. In fact, all of the dice came with little tuck boxes that like they were flat in when it got shipped but then you build these little tuck boxes and they serve as both storage for the dice when you put the game away in the box and they have a little like shelf on them that when you take them out and use them for gameplay you can actually put them in the little shelf on the same box it's pretty neat and it's not like anything crazy fancy it's still just like a little cardboard tuck box but they seem to work really well so I liked that quite a bit I'm excited to play this one more and I'm grateful that AEG was willing to give me a copy of Cubitos from John D. Clare. As I mentioned when we were talking about Cubitos, uh, we're going to continue a little bit of that, that conversation here in our thematic discussion today, which I'm, I was surprised that we've never actually had a discussion themed specifically around luck. We did do an episode way back in 2017 about dice games, and we ended up talking a lot about luck as a result of that conversation, mm -hmm. but we've never talked about just like luck in and of itself. So that's what we're going to do today. And for instance, Pam had horrible luck <laughs> rolling the dice in Cubitos. And with any game with an element of luck, I think that can be one of the downsides is that... Mm -hmm regardless of what mitigation or strategy exists outside of luck, luck is still a factor and you can prep and plan and think this is definitely going to work. And sometimes it just doesn't. And I can, I, I will admit I have had moments in games where I was just unlucky a whole bunch of times and that can really diminish an experience. It doesn't necessarily ruin a game for me, but I will admit I've had some games where I was kind of, a little bit sour grapes just because it's sometimes hard to have fun when you're just not accomplishing anything. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's definitely worse when you're the only one that that's happening to. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody else is rolling perfectly and moving yeah. really far and de <laughs> defeating all the monsters. Yeah. And then you're just like there like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Lose and you're like, turn. <laughs> you're like, oh, I did nothing this round. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely me and Cubitos because uh, the other the other two players were, I realized, one roll away from going across the finish line and I'm halfway along the track. It's like, <laughs> maybe I should stop pushing my luck. So I didn't really push my luck and I still busted. So, I mean, technically I did, but like I couldn't move anyway. So, but, you know, it's, you know, it can ruin an experience, but I think that makes it important to play with people you enjoy because mm -hmm. if it's a high luck game <laughs> that might not uh, go your way so you know even only making it halfway down the track the game's fun the people are fun it makes less of an impact absolutely and i think i would say that if you ask most people you know which which types of games tend to have more luck in them like hobby games like modern hobby games or kind of old school classic games and i think most people would agree that old school classic games for the most part tend to have more luck factored in and i mm -hmm. think that sometimes is because games with luck in them 
the gameplay is often facilitated kind of by the randomness rather than by player-driven strategy, which can make those games more approachable and easier to learn. Like Yahtzee, for instance, which I'm not hating on Yahtzee. I think Yahtzee is actually pretty fun. There's just a lot of other similar games that I like more at this point. Mm -hmm. It's easy to teach Yahtzee. You roll the dice a total of three times and try and make these specific sets that are on this sheet of paper right here. Like... The, the gameplay itself is not that complex, but it can get interesting. And it really, rolling a Yahtzee is a really fun and exciting moment if you can pull it off. And mm-hmm. anybody can do that. Like, you don't have to be a seasoned hobby gamer to have that moment of pure elation of rolling all sixes on your dice. Like, that's mm-hmm. a fun moment. And that's what gaming is supposed to do is cause those fun moments. And I think some in some games, luck can cause that like dramatic tension and the burst of pure like happiness you know when something unexpected or something that is unlikely to happen happens and i think i remember reading somewhere that like games used to be kind of synonymous with games of chance like that's what games were so like gambling that was <laughs> yeah um, like just rolling dice and it, it would just be completely luck that's what a game was and so so that makes sense that like the older games have more luck in them generally um yeah well at casinos one yeah, thing to be luck focused because once you add player <laughs> yeah. skill into the equation the odds for the casino obviously go down yeah yeah but people still love it because they get that like when when you do win <laughs> even though it's pure luck it's like so exciting so oh my gosh i i will admit i'm not much of a gambler even though i Me live neither. in las vegas but like throughout the course of my time in vegas i have like sat down and like put a couple of 20s into a slot machine like just to kill time mm-hmm. or for fun and i always do it with the intention of throwing that money away always mm-hmm. and that is yeah. how i believe most people should approach gambling it is a form of entertainment <laughs> that you are paying for but Man, that moment where, like, you have to get three reels to line up on a specific thing to trigger a bonus game. I tell you what, hitting that last reel to, like, trigger the bonus is such a good feeling. Yeah. And they know that, obviously. The casinos prey on people's, like, it's a very, it's psychology-based for the most part. And I even knowing the psychology behind all of it, I still enjoy that moment. Like, I'm like, yeah. I don't that this is my brain reacting to certain things and I don't care. Like those lucky moments, you're, it's it's like an addiction. And that's why, you know, uh, gambling for real money can be addicting. And obviously uh, that is that is a really like touchy subject that affects a lot of people in detrimental ways. So it is nice to be able to have board games with luck elements where you can kind of get that same feeling, mm-hmm. but without the real world stakes that come with yeah. actual gambling. Yeah, I was at a a work conference last week, and we got into a discussion about backgammon. Mm -hmm. And there was an interesting debate over whether backgammon is a game of skill or a game of luck. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who are good at backgammon, they say, well, when you start out, you think it's just dice rolls. And the one guy's like, no, it's just all luck. It's just dice rolls. Like, how often do you win? Well, when I'm playing with people that know how to play the game, I lose every time. Like, yeah, that's because <laughs> it's actually a game of yeah. skill. So I think, you know, there's there's uh, the ways that you mitigate luck in something like backgammon are so much different and skillful than you do in games like, you know, Monopoly. You roll the dice, you land on go to jail, you're going to jail. There's nothing you can do about it. So I think I think the 
the level of balance between luck and skill is a, a fascinating psychological behavioral study that I'm not going to do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it'll, thankfully, a lot of other people have kind of dug into those studies. Yes. <laughs> Something that uh, Ambie reminded me of before we recorded um, is when we did talk about dice games back in 2017, we talked about input randomness versus output randomness. And um, I'm, I'm not going to get into, if y'all want to go back to our dice episode from 2017 and listen to it more in depth, please feel free. But basically, it is where the random thing that happens, whether it happens after you've made decisions or before you made decisions. So like, okay, I'm going to fight Ambie's troops right now. And then you roll and that's just the result of the fight. That's mm-hmm. output or no, in that's go, output, gosh, randomness. output randomness, yeah. where you have no control over what happens as a result of that random thing. Whereas input mm-hmm. randomness is you roll these dice like in backgammon and now you decide what to do with them. Now, admittedly, mm-hmm. if in backgammon, one person's rolling all sixes and one person's rolling all ones, chances are the person rolling sixes <laughs> is going to win the game regardless. But like, right. so there is still that luck factor, but knowing how to move your pieces in backgammon will cause you to win more often than not, regardless of what's getting rolled. So yeah, that's where... You want to be able to take those random happenstance things that happen in a game, whether that's drawing a card or rolling a die or whatever, and using that information to make the best decision you can strategically. Mm -hmm. So why do so many hobby gamers, and when I say so many, I don't actually know what this percentage is, but I think it's something that comes up often enough that like a lot of gamers are like, oh, I hate luck in games, or I want a game that has no luck in it at all. If, If in fact... Those moments that get caused by luck are so kind of dopamine inducing in our brains. Why do so many gamers rail against luck sometimes? So I might be one of those gamers. No, no. You, I mean, and again, this is not necessarily a bad yeah. thing. I'm not. I'm just but, saying, like, why is that a thing? And why so is it for, for me? You? Yeah, it definitely depends on the type of game I'm playing. So, like, if I'm playing a strategic game where I'm there's lots of planning and strategy and it's long and you're playing against the other players and stuff and then like you just get bad luck that just feels terrible and you don't want there to be luck because you want to be playing against the other players and like winning because of your skill not because of luck so like for a heavy strategy game like that I don't want there to be luck but if I'm playing like a light push your luck game like (laughs) <laughs> like that, that that's it has luck in the type of name of the game so then then like the luck is fun and that's what you're playing for but like it's all in the mindset of why you're playing what group you're playing with and like what type of game you're playing i think yeah every, every game is situational for sure and length of game playtime is definitely mm-hmm. i think a really big factor too like yeah. the shorter a game is the more luck I am okay with, I think, generally. Like, for yeah, instance, something like zombie dice, which is literally, it's uh, you just roll dice until it's a push-your-luck game where you're trying to roll brains and you're trying to not get shotguns because that's the people that are attacking you, right? <laughs> yes. But, like, it's literally, there are there's no board, there's no cards, it's just a cup and dice. And you're just trying mm-hmm. to collect as many brains as you can before you roll, I think, three shotguns, which means that you mm-hmm. got shot. Uh, and you just pass the dice to the next player and you keep going around and around until, I think, there's certain a point threshold that gets hit. But the, the game takes no time to play, 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And so even if I roll no brains at all, 
I don't feel like, I mean, it can be a bummer, but I don't feel like it's as bad of an experience as something where, like, if that game took three hours to play and I, you, yeah. you, you can't do anything, like, that's a frustrating experience. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, going back to uh, casinos and slot machines, you, that, that just takes, like, no time at all to play, right? <laughs> and that's just all luck, so... So yeah, if you were at a casino doing a slot machine that took three hours to play, like that would, yeah. well, that would probably be miserable. Absolutely. And both in the casino setting and in a board game setting, there's that feeling of you just want to do one more, like just one more mm-hmm. roll. Like if I just need one more brain and then I'll feel, you know, or <laughs> like just pull that slot handle one more time and, and you're, you just want to, you want to do more and... The games that facilitate that in a good way can be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Cubitos, push your luck is the easiest example of this because it has that immediate win or loss condition. Mm-hmm. But there are other push your luck games that are really good too. Um, Quacks of Quedlinburg is a great example. Mm-hmm. But I've had moments where players just drew from their bags really poorly in Quacks <laughs> and yeah. are just pulling the white flowers or whatever and then just don't get to do anything. And so I've had games of Quacks go where people you know like just by all by pure luck really don't get to do a lot and even with the catch-up mechanisms sometimes it's hard to come back in a game like that and that can be frustrating yeah that's happened to me and then it made me realize that with press your luck games i like it when people go one at a time because in quacks of kettleberg everyone's like drawing at the same time so you don't get to see people fail <laughs> it's like <laughs> i mean that's that's like <laughs> And Ambie enjoys those moments of seeing well, people fail. Ambie is a board game sadist. You heard it here first. <laughs> but like in other Press Your Luck games, when people take turns, you're like all invested in the person's turns. Like, oh, keep going, keep going. And then yeah. and you see and bust or like they stop, you know, like that. That is what I really like about Press Your Luck games. Yeah, no, I have those moments too, especially when somebody gets like an epic rule, like a really uh-huh. good one, and yeah. you're both excited just by the random happenstance of it, but also mad because now they're way ahead of you. So it's yeah. like this mix of emotions, and maybe that's why it's so exciting. Yeah. So I think something that a lot of modern games have done better than some of the older games is if luck is a factor, there are ways to mitigate it. For instance, in Cubitos, the things that allow catch-up mechanisms. So if you're behind, you get to roll more dice. So you're still, luck is still a factor, but the game kind of gives you a little bit of a boost if in fact you have experienced some bad luck. And I think for me, that has made some of those games more approachable and cause helped to cause less of those moments where you just kind of feel like everything is hopeless. Yeah, definitely. At the beginning, we were mentioning how it's bad if one person has a lot of bad luck and everyone else has good luck. But I find that in cooperative games, that's not as bad for me because when I have the terrible dice rolls, like everyone is sharing in that bad luck, kind of. Even if I'm the one who's always rolling the bad dice. <laughs> like in Arkham Horror, I've done that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so it's just like, no, that person's a hidden traitor or something in the co-op game. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have played Escape the Curse of the Temple and like rolled all of the bad symbols that lock your dice like immediately and I'm like help and somebody comes and helps and locks me and then they get one room away and then all of a sudden I'm like help again like like if I locked all my dice again and it's like I'm sorry like but what can you do right yeah when we were we actually streamed that recently with my parents 
and we all got like all black really early in one of the games i think oh <laughs> no like, oh okay whoops or maybe I, in those moments in i sometimes I cheat i'm like and everybody unlock your dice and we keep going because like yeah, yeah. Well, there's actually a rule that you can do that and add a gem oh so, really yeah yeah oh. we can only do that twice per game like i didn't know that until okay. i reread the rules to play it and um, but I think it might have been late in the game that we did it. And so it was too late to do it or something. I don't, I don't remember. But like, we just all had black and like, oh, no. Well, and you mentioned cooperative games. I think there are mm-hmm. games, cooperative games where there is luck involved. Yeah. Have, being able to share in those moments kind of makes it feel a little, yeah, a little less bad. Like mm-hmm. the best example I uh, could think of was like when you're playing Pandemic and you shuffle up the city deck and oh, gosh, there's yeah. that one city card <laughs> that you don't want to see, right? Everybody's <laughs> thinking, okay, not Kolkata. Or whatever. Like, it's just not that one card. And then that's always the card that's on the freaking top of the deck. And everybody's like, oh, but it's a shared moment. So it actually, yeah. like, it's, even though it's bad technically in the scope of the game and whether you win or lose, it can make for some fun moments. Because, of course, yeah. it's the top card of the deck or whatever. Like, And I think, like, that feeling of shared luck is what I like about like lighter press your luck games like even though it's competitive people are just still sharing in the experience of seeing it happen and so you're still getting like that feeling of oh no or like oh yay like even though it's a competitive game but it's like yeah (laughs) yeah you're not playing like for anything (laughs) right oh no i love i love cheering on people and that's when we we were playing cubitos i was like come on pam you can do it like don't push your luck this time like but i need one more roll that's the thing sometimes you're just like no i like i have to push my luck and you know in in some games that last round of the game especially like something like ink and gold you're like well i guess i'm just never gonna turn around and cleave the cave because i know i need a lot of points so we're just gonna hope (laughs) and at a certain point you do have to stop obviously but like sometimes those moments are fun when you're really far behind and you have nothing to lose, like, okay, let's do this. Like, that can be fun, too. And then you immediately die. Oh, usually, yes, yeah. definitely. That's, but but once, once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. Yes. I've, I've had those moments in games like Mansions of Madness where, okay, the monster's going to attack and we're all going to die. So everybody throw everything you have into this one last shot and let's see what happens. And it's still a great way to end a game. Yeah. You know? So I've, I've appreciated the, especially the thematic elements that have gotten added into more modern games, I think help with that mm-hmm. as well. Because when things are abstracted, it's a little harder to get invested. But mm, with the thematic yeah, stuff, it I think yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it makes for better moments, regardless of whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. You just discovered the last light left in a dying universe, but you aren't the only one. Visit LastLightGame.com to learn more about Last Light, a 4 style game that can be played in less than an hour. Plus, you can solve puzzles for a chance to win a prize. Want to grab some other Grey Fox games at a discount? Blitzketeers can get 20% off non-exclusive items when you use the code BGBLITZ21 at GreyFoxGames.com. Grey Fox Games. Quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Mara. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time...
Luck, let a board gamer see Just how nice a game you can be I've known the way you've cheated other games I've played here Luck, be a buddy to me Bye everyone! Bye! Currently on Kickstarter, there's a game called Steam Up, A Feast of Dim Sun. So, uh, currently on Kickstarter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're I following up last time last too. episode's good bloopers with some new good bloopers. <laughs> okay. Plus, you can solve plus. <laughs> How come Puzzles. I can't read the part that I can wrote? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Want to grab some other Gray Fox games at a discount? What's the <laughs> I can't read anything today. Okay. You're me from last week or last time. <laughs>